What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. I am your host, Adam Meredith. Listen, I'm just sitting down with some interesting humans trying to gain some perspective. So thanks for joining me, everybody. Oh, it's early in the morning. I feel like my voice is a little bit more raspy in the morning. I feel like everybody's voice is probably more raspy in the morning simply because you're not using your vocal cords at night whatever um <laughs> listen why do i have to keep telling you to listen i need to quit saying that i am uh i'm sitting here and i saw a couple news stories one i saved well actually i saved both of these couple couple news stories i want to talk to you guys about both involving animals we're going to keep it on the animals this morning the first one man people are just fucking crazy and this one is coming from it's on kmov4 for me local but it says uh kprc cnn fuck was this where did this happen this happened at hmm it says squirrel terrorizing neighborhood sends two mothers to the hospital a squirrel oh cypress texas (laughs) holy shit folks this is this is just crazy. We, <laughs> this is quoted. Um, we usually don't go outside in the daytime because he comes out in the daytime. That's what one resident said. Oh, apparently she got bit. When I stepped outside the door, he leaped at me and bit my arm. I pulled him off, threw him to the ground, and tried to get in the house. I couldn't get in the house, she said, because he came back. He bit this leg. Oh, apparently she got bit twice. Had these stitches. Rabbit squirrels, man. Rabbit squirrels has the whole fucking neighborhood scared in Texas. Texas is a crazy-ass place, man. I lived in Texas for a little bit. They have wild hogs everywhere. It's wild. Wild. It's crazy, man. And then here's this other one. Man kills coyote with bare hands after attack on his two-year-old son. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. I actually haven't even read this one yet. A New Hampshire man killed a coyote with his bare hands Monday. This just happened. So this is dated for uh, Monday. Yeah, this is dated for the 21st. Uh, It says uh, on Monday, it says after it grabbed his two-year-old son by his jacket hood and dragged him to the ground. I would have did the same fucking thing. Ian O'Reilly told CNN he had never harmed an animal, so it was a weird experience. Oh, you mean you didn't grow up killing animals like psychopaths do? Oh, okay, you're good. That's a good thing. <laughs> oh, shit, man. However, I mean, if you hunt or something, you're going you're gonna to take a life. After the coyote bit him twice while he tried fending it off, O'Reilly kicked it away and used his body weight to suffocate it while holding its snout shut, he said in an emailed statement. Hmm. said that he was able to get his, uh, its head into the snow and get my hands around its snout so it could no longer bite me. And then, from there, I was able to suffocate it by using my my body weight and scissor-locking it, basically, or scissor-locking it until basically expiring. Why is, O'Reilly told C, I was seeing an affiliate, WMUR, okay. 
I was like, why the fuck is CNN covering this? I mean, I get it. The news is so interesting, right? Everybody's vying for attention. Everybody's, you know, you need to open up their article and read it and watch their video so they can get, you know, ad rev and shit like that. Get you clicking. I'm just scrolling. And then at the bottom here, how to tell when a slot is close to hitting a jackpot. What the fuck? How to lose or how to locate anyone in 10 seconds. It's so simple. How to tell when a slot is close to... Oh, what the fuck? Why do they have that one twice? U.S. cardiologist. It's like a pressure wash for your insides. Ooh, that's that's a tempting clickbait. It looks like they have um, broccoli sprouts on that one. The real reason you're getting dark spots. Hint. It isn't the sun, folks. Oh, these things just crack me the fuck up. Oh, all right, that's it. That's all I have for that. All right, that's all up. So, guys, I'll see you later. Oh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. We have an excellent guest for you today. Before I get to my guest, though, I do need to send a big shout-out. Uh, actually, I want to tell you about my good friends over at Jombo Superfoods. You can go to jombocbd.com and check them out. They have a full line of cannabidiol products. I absolutely love their muscle balm. It's great for topical. Well, you actually use it topically. I say for topical use, but there's no other use for it. Use it topically. It's great for sore muscles and joints and different things like that. I feel like a million bucks when I use it, or at least it helps me try to get there. Man, I've been just beating up my body for so damn long with jujitsu. You never feel absolutely perfect, but man, that thing does make me feel a whole lot better. Absolutely love their their drops, and they have a, a spray and the you know a ghee and an olive oil. Check it out. You can use the code outside when you check out. You'll save twenty percent off of the entire order, and then they're damn near always doing buy two get one free. So throw two in your cart, you'll get that third one for free, and then you'll save twenty percent. They do that for you, the listeners. You get twenty percent. When you use the code outside at checkout. So go check them out. JomboCBD.com And then, guys, hey, listen. If you are enjoying the podcast, if you're, you know, you have a laugh, if you learn something, if you did get a different perspective on a, you know, on a, an issue or a topic or anything, just do me a favor. Do me a solid. Tell a friend. Bring a friend into the tribe. Share it. Also, you know, like the podcast. Uh, if you aren't subscribed, please subscribe. Um, if you are using uh, Apple products, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Also, leave a five-star rating and review. And then also head over to our website, OutsidePerspectivePodcast.com. If you are interested in learning how to start your own podcast, I do have a blog there. Currently, I have uh, an article on there talking about the equipment that I use for audio. There's going to be more content. I'll be posting more articles uh, talking about podcasting and telling you how you can do it yourself. So go over there, check out the blog, hop on the mailing list. That way you can stay in the know on guests and when we're releasing episodes and you'll get exclusive content and all of that good stuff. So go over there, outsideperspectivepodcast.com. And again, I appreciate all the support. So Tell a friend, guys. 
All right, my guest today, I am sitting down with Adnan Gudic. Adnan actually met a long, long time ago whenever I was a freshman and at university. I was a freshman at university. I don't know why I went for that accent. That was crazy. <laughs> I meant to go British, but, you know, I'm good at imitating, but I'm bad at just pulling it up just off memory doing an accent. Whatever. I tried. I failed. Burn. Fail. Crash. Happens all the time. Anyway, Adnan is, uh, I met him my freshman year in college, and, you know, we were on the wrestling team together, and um, I kind of lost touch with him for a long time because I kind of took, I didn't have a very typical college route. I, uh, I had my son whenever I was 20, and then, I, you know, I was working full-time and still going to school full-time, and I wasn't living on campus, and I was fighting, so I wasn't around a lot of people on campus. I can honestly say I don't really think I actually made any real friends in college. Ironically enough, Adnan reminded me of this. Um, one of my great friends now, Josh Sampo, who I trained with forever, and he's been a teammate. He's just a, he's a, one of the best human beings I know. We met at uh, in college, and and we talked about that. I've had I've had Josh on the podcast, and uh, but we weren't friends in school. Like we 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 became teammates there, kind of while you know I was still my last two years, but like we weren't actually friends in school. So it was, it was weird. Um, but yeah, I, that is, he is a great friend that I actually made, um, that I did meet at, at college, which is, is pretty crazy. Um, anyway, Adnan, back to Adnan. He is, but we, we, Adnan and I, we, uh, kind of came back into each other's circles through jujitsu, which is pretty cool. He trains at a affiliate school, North Broadway, under Brian Guidry, who I've also had on the podcast. You can check out the, that episode. Uh, and Adnan is a fucking savage, man. You know, he's, he's I didn't know he's done so many sports, uh, you know, throughout his life. But he, he definitely was a good wrestler, wrestled at, at Linwood, And he is a... Uh, judo national champion the para judo national champion and he's fucking savage i think he's won the the para national championship i think uh like five times so the dude's a high level grappler i think now he's vying for the olympics and and trying to take it to the international stage so this was really cool just to to chat with him and catch up it's been it's been a while he's such a good dude and uh man the guy makes no fucking excuses. You want to talk about just getting it done and owning your shit and, and and having no fucking excuses? He is the definition of that. So it was it was a good conversation. So without any further rambling, let's gain some perspective, guys. I have Adnan Gutic. Real quick, I was putting this episode together, doing some editing, and man, we were having a little bit of issue um, technically whenever we were recording. There's a little bit of a buzz just from probably like a bad power connection or something, so 
stop the recording. Actually, me being a dumbass, I unplugged it, not stopped. I should have stopped it. Because of that, the file, I th the recording is done in two files. So in full transparency, the first file, which is about the first 12 or 13 minutes of the conversation, um, that file got corrupted, unfortunately. It's damaged. So I can't use that. So what we're doing is we're going to pull the audio from the video and you're going to get that for the probably first 12 or 13 minutes and then it will kick into our normal good audio so sorry about that guys bear with us the normal audio will kick in and it'll be all good so enjoy love you guys let's go Did you grow up in Bosnia? I came here to the United States when I was nine. Uh, so, I mean, I was only in Bosnia for seven years because that's when the war started in Bosnia. Yeah. When I was seven, so... Do you remember any of that? I remember now? a lot of it. Uh, I mean, I feel like there's some trauma that I've had from now. I mean, I remember like the bombs and the grenades and all that stuff like it was yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah, for real. I remember all of that stuff. I mean, I'm looking at actually writing a book. I kind of started it. Oh, yeah? But I'm not a writer, so, like, it's hard for me to get motivated. That's, like, one of the hardest things about the English language or any language is that it's writing. Oh, yeah, because all the rules and the structures. Uh, yeah, and spelling and all of you know, it, it's all of it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, dude, you just need to hire, like, a ghostwriter, bro. Something like and, that. And just talk. If you yeah. talk, somebody can, like, transcribe it for you or I've been thinking about that but a lot of it I don't there's a lot I don't remember especially when I was younger even before the war yeah because I want to put in you know information before the war and during the war but a lot of it I kind of remember it in parts where I don't remember it enough to write a book yeah but I can remember some stuff and people and people just told me just write and see what happens so yeah why not yeah why not just do it I mean because who knows, you start writing and maybe something, like your, your memory gets jogged, you start, yeah. you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. something comes to you, like, oh shit, I didn't even realize that, yeah. that happened, or I lived through that experience. Well, you're right. Yeah, dude. That'd be interesting, man. I, um, I sat down and had a guest on the show, her name is uh, Nina Item, and uh, her family, uh, yeah, she's also Bosnian, and uh, she was there during the she had lived there at least like a year I think she said a few years like during the, like the actual when all of it was going down and shit and like she was telling me how they didn't have like uh, water or power or any of that mm -hmm. stuff like that's a that's a crazy time to live dude my, my family and I you know there's um, we don't know anything about an uncle I don't know anything about an uncle of mine we don't know about his remains or anything his kids but uh -huh. like you know you don't get any times where you know they're kids ask me, do you remember our dad? Like, how do I answer that question when I was only seven years old? Right, yeah. Or even younger, like, it, it's... Yeah. I, I do a little bit, but not enough to, like, I wish I can tell you stories, you know? Yeah, there's a lot you don't remember from that time. I mean, golly. And, and I think my, my brain somehow erased a lot of that stuff because maybe he just didn't want it to, for me to, to remember it. Yeah. Which is good in some ways, you know? Yeah, the, the, the mind will protect itself mm -hmm. from 
different degrees of trauma, right? No, I mean, that there's definitely some things that I experienced, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of people told me I'm kind of an old soul. I think that that stuff, like, like a war, will mature you like anything. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Holy, if there's I mean, anything. Yeah, I mean, coming to the United States, come, I mean, I lived in Croatia for a year and a half, and I went to the school for the blind, and I love Croatia. Okay. It was a really, really cool country. The capital, Zagreb. Zagreb is one of my favorite cities in the world. Is period. that where you lived? For the I lived there, yeah. Um, that town is two hours from my city in Bosnia. I was one hour from the Bosnian and Croatia uh, border. How similar are those cultures? They're pretty similar, honestly. I mean, there's some accents and like Bosnian people are mostly, I mean, in that area, like I've been reading a lot of history and just people like to fight in that area, I guess. I, <laughs> <laughs> or real, I guess well, that's where I get it from. Yeah, that's why you're. That's, that's why you compete so much. It is. I mean, people have just wars in that area. They, they, I read a book that calls it like the powder keg or sort of powder, something of Europe, uh, just because there's always tension in that area. Yeah. And I mean, what I would best way to describe it is both Bosnians can be Christians, Muslims, or Eastern, Eastern Orthodox. So a lot of it was more religion and land, and people thought, oh. But we should have this land. No, we should have this more land. That this was this land was given to us yeah. by this king. So it was like you know everybody was entitled to get what they think they should get, and we kind of got caught in the middle as Bosnian Muslims. And they said, "Oh, Bosnian, they're being radicals," which we weren't. I mean, what? Why did they be radical? Everybody before the war, everybody was living together. You can travel anywhere. A lot of families were, you know, they were married to each other. Like you had the Croatian that was married to a Bosnian, or you know, you had a Muslim that was married to a Catholic, because Croatians are mostly Catholic. Okay. Uh, Serbians are more Eastern Orthodox, which they follow kind of like what the Russians do. Okay. And then the Bosnians were mostly Muslim. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, I mean, politics and religion are one of the biggest problems in the world. If you didn't have those, I don't think we would have war. Well, man, I Probably. think. Yeah, I think we would still have war. Um, we can always find something to complain about. It's just, it's just a part. It, there, it's, it's definitely a piece to the human puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you would, I would like to think that we could all just get along, and we seem to come a, a long way. But there's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a, a part of it. If you need to adjust, are those two loose for you, dude? No, I'm good. I'm okay, good. that's why you should be comfortable. Huh? But, uh, yeah, man, it just seems to be, you know, there's always somebody trying to take somebody else's shit or tell somebody else what to do. You know what I mean? This I'm just trying to look good on camera. Oh, man, you look real good. You, look, <laughs> you, look, you, got the, you got the button up and you got the tie still on, bro. You're yeah, off, so I'm on work clothes. I know, dude. You're off work and you're, you're still all dapper. That's right. I know, man. Um, what do you do during the day? I teach blind people how to read, blind kids how to read. How to read Braille? Yeah, I read them too. I've been teaching Braille at those it's fun. I love being in the classroom. I love working with the kids. You know, being in the classroom, I feel pretty comfortable. I mean, I don't have any problems with the students because I always try to keep them relaxed. I mean, whenever I don't keep them relaxed, it's whenever they're trying to be lazy, you know. Yeah, you push them. You push them and they don't want to, you know, put in the effort. Like, I mean, oh, it's not really all that hard. <laughs> you sit here writing. There could be a lot worse things that you could be doing that are a lot worse, a lot more, a lot harder. Than oh, for sure, for sure. Get over it. Well, I suppose you know, you know, growing up in, in 
hearing bombs and grenades and shit that'll put some stuff in perspective for you it's like hey you live in a fantastic time why are you acting like a little asshole right now yep I mean, <laughs> and, and, I, and I told the kids like, I want to treat you fair if you're going to be if you're going to come here with the attitude I'm going to give you the attitude back yeah. and I was telling me if you're going to be a smart aleck remember I'm, I can be a bigger smart aleck than you so yeah. if you want to play that game go for it come yeah. on you can play it and it's weird, right? Because when you're a kid, you don't you don't really have the understanding. But like we're all just you're you're, you're just you, right? And you were there at one point. Like you were a kid, you went through school, you had to learn this. So it's like they don't understand that you understand. It's like, yeah. hey, dude, I was here. I understand what's going there, there are some kids that do, but you can still kind of have to drill into them a little. Because I went to the school. Because I came here in '94 to United States to different schools or public schools. I got beat up. I got bullied. Yeah. I got, you know, all that stuff that you would think a fat, blind little kid would look. And I was an easy target. You are fat when you were growing up? Oh, yeah, I was fat. I lost 28 pounds in one wrestling school. Nice. Just nice. because even, like, kids that went to school for the blind with me, they even made fun of me. They're still like, kids. Family, you know? Yeah. And they, they made fun of me, so I, I did something about it. I just stayed after practice, ran three or four miles, you know? Nice, nice. He's putting on that extra work. Yeah. And then I got lucky that I, I had good coaches and good staff members. Because I went to the school for the blind, like I said, and I started there in September of 96 and graduated in June of 05. Okay. So it's a K-12 uh, school also, as well as there's a group that's unrated, which would, which would be kids that are mostly like mentally delayed. Okay. So they can't really, a lot of our students, a lot of them some that can function in a regular school setting, but they might have maybe additional disabilities, possibly. Okay, yeah, so you get session services. But then you also, yeah, there are specific classes, but there's also kids that are just below normal IQ, and they can't function in a regular school setting, so they have classes, you know, just for them. Are they also blind, or they're... Yes, the, their main disability is blindness, okay. additional impairment. I mean, there's, there's kids that also have, that can have, Additional disabilities like either they can be deaf, they can also maybe have cerebral palsy, maybe or just some additional disabilities. Ugh, let me fix that. You hear that little buzzing right there? I do. You're, yeah, that's just that's just the power setup. Come on, I'm not blind. I'm blind, not deaf. Uh, I say you're blind, not deaf. All right. Say, I, I said it to one of my students. I'm deaf, not blind. Last week, and she was like really quiet. Did you know? And she goes. Maybe like five seconds after, did you know what you just said? <laughs> I goes, yeah, you caught me, you caught me. But they'll, they'll catch me on some stuff like that too. I'll just laugh. That's funny. Kids are kids are slick, dude. They are. So you teach you teach what grades? I teach. I think the youngest student I have right possibly right now might be eleven or twelve. But I, I think the youngest might have been. She was eleven, but I teach mostly eleven to like twenty one. Okay. So you teach a, a broad spectrum, yeah. spectrum mm -hmm. rather. I haven't taught a lot of like younger students, but my because my, my degree actually is in, uh, in uh, physical education, and I'm certified to teach health, but I'm working on getting my certification to teach the visually impaired, because that's how you work with the blind, or you get a certification, You there's a, it's a teacher of the visually impaired, there probably is another term for it, it seems like they always change terms for everything in yeah. education, yeah. For real, every, like every second seems like it. So that's what I'm working on, trying to get certified. Oh, right on, right on. 
Yeah, man, kids are interesting. Right on, more power to you, dude. It, it, it's fun. I also coach wrestling. I also coach goalball. It's a sport for the blind. What G- is that? G O A L B A L L. Okay. It's a sport for the blind that was invented in um, Austria after World War Two by a guy who got injured in the war and he was, you know, blind. He wanted to find some activity to do, and you pretty much it's three on three and you you're blindfolded, all the six players, and you roll a ball. It's about a basketball size. And has bells in it, and you roll this ball down the court. It's maybe about I would compare it to a volleyball court size, maybe court. Okay. And the lines are tactile, like you have a goal line, you have like a two lines uh, that either, uh, you have your out of bounds line, and they're all you can put it to where there's a string, and you tape the string, and they feel it. My school actually is, I think, I don't know if it's the only one in the country, but I know it's, it's definitely one of them where the Goal ball court, the lines and everything are actually engraved into our gymnasium. Oh, so you like feel it? Mm-hmm. Oh. And you, so you feel the lines and you roll this ball down the court and try to score other team's goal. Yeah, so if you want to look it up, it's G-O-A-L-B-A-L-L. Who, who do you compete against? You compete against other blind uh, people who play it. And you also It's a Paralympic sport, so there it is. I mean, you can compete in diff- against different countries. Okay. So now you say you, you, you're you at the, there's the Missouri School for the Blind, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Is there only one? That's the whole state one. I'm sure there's other organizations that work for the blind and that work with, with the Freeze blind. for me. Freeze for me. I don't want to cut you off, but I'm going to, this is probably going to like die on us. I'm going to unplug this and plug it back in over here. All right. We're back. We're ready. We're rolling. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Pe- but difficulties. so how many? So because that's what that's what confuses me. So there's there's one Missouri school for the blind. Yeah, most states have a school for the blind. Right. Unless they because uh, a lot of kids now they're they're I'm trying to think of the term. I don't know if assimilate is the right word, but they they they're they go to their regular school district. Like when I went to the school for the blind, I can actually take classes outside of school for the blind. Okay. Because I, I was at a Bayless school district, and I took some classes there. Because they didn't have German, and so I wanted to take German because my family, I have family that lives in Germany. I have family that lives all over the place in the world. For I real. imagine so. So, I mean, a lot of the kids these days are just in regular classes because of technology. Oh. You know? So what if you live in Kansas City? We have kids that live in Kansas City. Uh, that go to our school, but there's also the Kansas School for the Blind. Actually, is in Kansas City, Kansas. Yeah, which is just right there. So which it, is right there. So we, even if you're in Missouri, you could probably just go to the Kansas one. Not necessarily. No, you have uh, to go to the Missouri you, one. You have to if you if your address is in Missouri, you have to go to the Missouri one. So if you have to go to the Missouri one, do you do that online or how does that work? If no, the location you, you, is here. So the location is here. So we have kids around the whole state. We have right. kids that live at the school. Oh, so they can come to the school and live? Yeah, so they, they leave. So they come throughout the week. So they, they come on Sunday afternoon or Sunday night. Then they're here from Friday. Then they leave to go back home after lunch on Friday, like in Friday afternoon. Oh. And then like on, like on a holiday or something, they'll go on a month. They'll get the buses. We have charter buses that go come and pick them up. Oh, wow. Before, there were, I mean, this weekend they're going to wrestling conference down to Arkansas, so we're part of like a ten or twelve schools conference with other different schools schools for the blind in the North Central yeah. United States, and then I mean we d- we do sports against the other schools in track and field, wrestling, cheerleading, 
swimming and forensics forensics is like speeches like great speeches you can do like duos dual speeches it's not like debate but it's it's somewhat debate but it's not oh okay okay so anytime you're competing against another school it's like a it's, it's quite the process right i mean it is i mean you travel i mean i've traveled a lot and i've yeah i've been to the wisconsin i've been to all those schools and like i think the farthest south might be arkansas or like tennessee yeah farthest west might be i know south dakota sometimes comes but uh i've been to wisconsin minnesota yeah off then, competition and then ohio that's as far as east i can think of i mean then, but then you have all those states that's kind of in the middle of those yeah that's legit man that's legit and you wrestled all growing up yeah i wrestled started my when did i start my sixth grade year something like that okay so what did you so when you when you got over here you said you're nine i was nine was yeah. it was it a big culture shock like just how things yeah I mean, of course you're in a whole new country yeah of course that there's definitely some things that that were kind of weird and that i thought oh wait what like what stuck well, out well, like like uh, well still <laughs> still some things stuck out like what like ice cream cake like i remember being in class Oh, you don't like ice cream cake? So I'm. It's <laughs> we might have some problems, bro. No, no, no. I, love, I love that shit. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I, I'll say this: is that whenever they told me ice cream cake, so I knew the word. My, my class in Croatia, School for the Blind, they gave me like tapes and some books for me to learn English. Okay. So I actually started listening, like on cassette. I started, I started to listen to some of that, and I learned some words. And I remember being younger, being here in the United States, and having to translate at like doctors. Yeah. For my family, and because I knew a decent amount of English, I mean, good the most English out of anyone, you know. Okay. And that's like less than a year being in the United States, and kids learn languages a lot quicker. Yeah, they're like and, sponges. And that's why I don't have an accent because I came here when I was nine. My sister doesn't have an accent. I have a younger sister, so I mean, even like my cousins don't have one. The, yeah. old, the older that you you come here, the 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 more accent you get. Like yeah. then you start getting one whenever you're a teenager. It's harder to to break that but accent. I remember being in class. She, the teacher goes, do you want ice cream cake? I thought, wait, ice cream and cake? I thought it's supposed to be ice cream or cake. Because <laughs> we eat ice, we ate ice cream like by itself. It's cold, and you eat, you know, cake by itself because it's more warm. It's you know, it's kind of warm, you know, but you don't put it together. It's, yes, it's one. It's a cake made out of ice cream. That, that that's one, and then touching those plastic flowers. I never seen that. Oh, okay, yeah. Never seen that. That's uh, so wasteful too. Like, why yep, sweet potatoes. You guys didn't have sweet potatoes in Bosnia. I'm sure that there were. But when I heard sweet and potatoes, those two words just didn't. They didn't go together. They didn't go together, but I'm, they're growing on me. Oh they're, yeah. They're healthy. They're they're good. And they're. So you're still kind of coming to terms with sweet potatoes. <laughs> yeah, I I I think I have. I think <laughs> I have actually for real. I Be love sweet potatoes, dude. I put a little cinnamon on there. Oh, that's no, it. Whenever it's made right. Yeah. They're good. I feel real. like that's most foods, right? It just needs to be yeah. prepared. When somebody tells me that you know they've tried something and they just absolutely didn't like it, I'm like, well, did where did, did you really try it? Yeah, did you really try it? Where did you have it? Who prepared it? How did they yeah, prepare it? Like, for did, real. there's a lot of different nuances no, there. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, yeah. But ice cream cake. Dude, growing up, man, I used to have ice cream cakes every year for my birthday. That was like my jam. For, for me, it might be. A t I don't. I'm not very picky about food. I'll try anything. I love trying different foods. And you know. Yeah. I've, you're in a good I've spot for it too, dude. Here in this I am. area. You, you're 100 percent right. I live in one of the nicer areas. 
Just, was it nicer, but one of the cooler areas? Just so many food spots, man. I mean, you're right down the street from the Grove, and you got mm-hmm. Central Weston right there, and then yep. you're right here in South City, too. Yeah, so you got obviously Grand. Tons mm-hmm. of, yeah, Grand right up here, dude. There's just tons of amazing mm-hmm. spots to you're eat. You're right. Yeah, you're in a good spot, dude. I'm a foodie. Me and, too. And we're, Me too. we're pretty blessed in this city, to be honest. We have a great culinary well, scene. I, I agree. A lot of people don't understand that. St. Louis is underrated oh, in, dude. In, in a lot of things, I think. Oh, yeah. Just because we've got a bad rap because of all the, the shootings and dangerous areas. Right. And those statistics are skewed, right? Because they're yeah. just they're just talking about the city of St. Yep. Louis. They don't include the county. St. Louis is just a weird city. It is. It's just weird. I remember my uncle being in town in October, and he he would, whenever he, he lives in Luxembourg, and he came in, and he rents a car every single time, the last couple times that he comes here, and he he's driving down to my sister's, and she lives down in South County. And we're passing by some, like, neighborhoods and things like that. I go, is this a good neighborhood? Is this a good area? Like, <laughs> I go, like, I don't – it, it kind of is, it kind of isn't. kind of is and kind of isn't. I told him, like, you can go two blocks one way and it'll be $500,000 houses, but then you go two blocks more and you'll see $5 houses. Yeah, yeah. So it's, same. like, run down and everything. So it's kind of like, like that, so it's hard to really know. Yeah, St. Louis is just weird. Just keep your head on a swivel wherever you yeah. go. Just keep like your anywhere. head on a swivel. Anywhere, anywhere dude. Don't get complacent. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't look like, like an easy target. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a big part of it for sure. I feel So just the other day, I – um. I usually walk in the morning times. I wake up pretty early and I go for a walk. I'm doing this program, 75 Hard. Are you familiar with it? Mm-hmm. So it's a mental toughness program. I'll just do a quick recap. It's um, 75 days straight. Um, every day you do um, you do two 45-minute workouts. Um, one has to be outside. You read 10 pages of like a n- personal development, nonfiction, kind of like business book or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you drink a gallon of water. You uh, take a progress pick every day, and then you like pick a diet, and you follow it with zero cheat meals and like no alcohol. So you do that, do all those things every day. If you don't do one of those things, you fail the day, and you have to start back over at day one. And the goal is oh, to go man. seventy-five days straight. So I've already done this once, and I'm doing it again. So well, best luck to you. <laughs> Dude, that sounds pretty hard. It's, I mean, it's not. It's not easy. Is, yeah. It's less about the physical, though. It's just about, you know, it, it sucks, and it's about making the commitments. It, it really does build mental toughness. And for me, it just uh, – it's it's created a very, like, strong, uh, like, morning routine for myself. But one morning, dude, I was, I was walking, and it's, like, dark out. And I'm walking past this plaza, and I don't know. I'm probably – I would say the plaza I'm, – I'm on the street, and the plaza is easily, I would probably say, like – 20 yards from the street you know it's like there's there's some distance mm-hmm. and i and i i'm walking down the road and then i i reach this intersection and i hang a left down this this road called link and then like so the plaza like is still there and i'm kind of going around the plaza at like a, a 90 degree angle kind of like the perimeter mm-hmm. and then this dude who there's a uh, a laundromat there and i don't know if this guy's just like homeless or what the deal is but there's two guys out front and this other guy larger dude kind of like starts beelining it towards me walking towards me super fast and like i'm already kind of past him and now he's starting to follow me and it's dark and i'm starting to go into this area where um i'm approaching like an apartment complex so like there's not a lot of lights and there's like a little bit of a wooded area and this dude just yells hey nigga and then he just like mumbled something i don't know what he said and he said it like two or three times and i'm just like no man like i don't know what the fuck you want like i didn't say i don't know what the fuck you want but i'm like no i don't have anything or whatever 
Mm-hmm. And I, there was a split second there. I was like, man, like, there's a gas station across the street, but I already kind of passed it. Can I get to the gas station? Like, there's people there, so I can just avoid this confrontation. And do I just keep walking away and this guy follow me or something? So, like, I finally turned around and, like, started walking towards him. And that's when I said that. And he just turned out, like turned around and walked away. Right. Mm. And like nothing came of that, but I was like, damn, dude, weird. that could have been a situation for real. Like, I don't know what that guy was yeah. doing. Is he trying to find a mark? Like, why are you, there's no reason for you to approach me right now. Why are you approaching me and like following me now for mm-hmm. a second? Like, if I was an easy target to your point, which is kind of what made me think of it, that could have been a very different situation. You're right. You know what I mean? No, I, I hear stuff like that with uh, blind people, but mostly, unfortunately, with women. You know what yeah. I mean? And, you know, I have friends who are, you know, legal, totally blind. Like, I remember one friend telling me, she was actually on the phone with me. Uh, I don't know if she was uh, at one time when this was going on. So, like, no, just tell him to to go away. Like, he, some guy was following her in a car. Oh. And she's 4'7". Yeah. And she's done judo. She actually does jiu-jitsu, too. She's in the D.C. area. Nice. Maryland area. And she... Um, she was telling me that story, like, oh, my God, that's scary. Like, you, know, you just need to get away. Just keep walking. Just keep moving. Yeah, man. You know, it's unfortunate. It's it's good that she trains, right? So mm-hmm. that way she's at least somewhat prepared. She's tough. She's a tough chick. Yeah, yeah, man. It's it's definitely good just to, to be prepared, whether that's, like, jujitsu or just some sort of yeah. training, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're right. So you're I was a fat kid growing up, so I can relate to when you said that you're, you're a husky. Dude, I grew, like, 13 inches in the summer. And just like really thinned out once I started doing sports in middle school. Mm-hmm. Was that kind of your story? Like, yeah, for real. Get in middle school and you just lose all that weight. And r- wrestling changed my life in that. Like, I had a very good wrestling coach and I had a good track coach and swim coach. There were a lot of the coaches at the school for the blind and teachers were very influential. Okay. Because my, my dad wasn't really there all that much. My mom helped me a lot. She passed away from breast cancer in 2012. Ooh, sorry. About yeah, I mean, it was one of the hardest things of my life. And I learned. That was another like one of those life things that I matured and and l- learned a lot. My, I think my my sister and I both, you know, and yeah, I mean, she was two when the war started, so I mean, she doesn't remember too much. She probably, I mean, think about it. I mean, my mom was twenty seven when she was going through war and having to take care of me, a blind kid and two year old. Wow, you it know. probably puts it more perspective. You say you're you're thirty five, right? Thirty five. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, being thirty five, like can you imagine, like when you were twenty seven, kind of dealing with those circumstances, mm-hmm. man. And your mom's a tough cookie. Yeah, and that's uh, uh, like like I said, re- wrestling changed it to where you know my my wrestling coach was a big influence in that he he's actually in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Oh, nice. Who's his your wrestling name, coach? His name is Eugene D. Edwards. Okay. The, like the trophy for like our conference championships name after him. He's he was in the he got inducted in oh five. Oh nice. Yeah. That's dope. And Dude. he's totally blind. He was a two time I think national champion. He wrestled for SIU up in Car- Carbondale when they were like you know, in the fifties. Oh nice. But Yeah. Dude, there's just something about wrestling. That was literally the the best decision I ever made in my life mm-hmm. was starting to wrestle. It mm-hmm. literally set the entire course of my life today. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've learned all my lessons. Um, I had a very influential coach. His name is Coach Cagle, Phil Cagle. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just learned so many lessons, man. Like one of the, the things that has set the tone for my entire life was because of a, a – 
a Sunday practice because like wrestling was like seven days a week. It was. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look look at that picture right up there. My, my, yeah. Micah uh, Micah drew that for me. Micah drew that. Yeah, you got wrestling and judo and jujitsu. And jujitsu. So it, it, it's it's how I progressed. Micah Shelton. Yeah, that's a dope photo, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here, dude. I started with wrestling and um, I just stopped at jujitsu. Judo's not my jam. I don't like to get thrown. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind getting thrown or throwing people as long as they throw me nicely. Yeah, man. But I just you know, I I learned though that you know like. Physically, your body is capable of so much mm-hmm. more than like your mind will leave you to like believe because you know you kind of reach that point to where you start doubting yourself, you start having these conversations with yourself, you want to quit or whatever the case may be. But if you can like break past that barrier mentally, I mean, mm-hmm. it's funny because the mind is it's like the wall, but it's also like the key to it like is. getting past that. So it's like a double edged sword. It's like it's it's. It's the problem and the solution. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Right? But, you know, we went through a very hard Sunday practice, and it was, like, one of the hardest things I've ever done physically and mentally. Like, I would have never thought I could do that, but I did. And then I realized, I'm like, holy shit, man. Mm -hmm. Like, the... Our, our potential and power is just it really is almost infinite like if you fucking believe it you can make it happen well you gotta be you gotta learn to be uncomfortable to be comfortable yeah think about that that's it's true it really is you gotta learn to be uncomfortable to be comfortable or l- learn from being uncomfortable yeah because how else i mean how thing was just basic weightlifting. i mean how, how are you gonna increase your strength by just lifting the same way for a million times or you're gonna increase that weight, you know. So it's you gotta get uncomfortable. I mean, you're gonna get stronger, but you're gonna get stronger differently. You know, it really yeah. depends on. You gotta get uncomfortable. You get you gotta push yourself. Yeah, one hundred percent, dude. Is uh, is that something that you learned through wrestling? It's definitely, yeah, definitely, hundred percent. So you started. You start. I started as a as a freshman. And uh, you started, you said, as a 7th grade? 6th grade? 6th, 7th grade. And what were you doing sport-wise before then? I mean, I started doing... It sounds like you did a lot of sports. I did swimming. Swimming was my second best sport. Okay. I did track and field. I did a little bit of powerlifting. Okay. I did... Uh, I played the sport goalball, actually. I, I went to national championships. I was one of the top six players in high school. Oh, shit. That nice. one year, yeah. Nice. Uh, I played beeper baseball, which is baseball for the blind. I played that when I, when I was a little older. Beeper baseball, like it's uh, just baseball for the blind that has. Uh, I mean, people can look it up. <laughs> you know, I don't want to explain it too much. Okay, okay. So yeah, you did a little bit of everything. Now, did you you want a state championship, right? Uh, in wrestling. I don't think I did. No? I don't think I'm, I'm gonna have tournaments running into together. So many, I've competed so much. I can't remember. I think, I think I got like fifth. I got fifth at NAIA. Uh, Not at NAIA, but uh, one of those uh, AAU state championships. Okay. I got fifth in that. Okay. Okay. I just remember um, – bear with me just a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to restart this uh, this camera. That's why I'm getting up. But I just remember because just for the listeners, right, I mean, we went to school together at mm-hmm. Lindenwood. And um, I'm, I'm probably obviously mistaken, but uh, – I just thought that maybe I had heard that you had won, like, state for, like, the blind or something. I won our conference. Yeah. Uh, our schools for the blind conference four times. Yeah, yeah. I still, ho- I still hold the record for the fastest pen in the finals. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, that's, seconds. that's probably what it was. I just I just remember hearing that. I was like, okay, that's legit, that's legit. Because that was, I mean, Lindenwood was like a melting pot, dude. I'm going to tell you one of the best times of my life, and I'm going to tell you one thing I wish that 
I want to go back and, and I wouldn't mind wrestling two more years because it, it, it went a, a lot of it. I met so many friends and, and so many good people out there. And yeah, so many it, people. It, 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 it was so it was tough. You know how many times I will, I I, I, ne I never won a match for Lindawood. I feel sad about that. I do. I really really do. It's kind of like like a that's one of the one of those little things that pushes me to succeed in judo. Yeah. Is I mean I I never uh, my I'll tell you a story about state so i was i was uh i didn't qualify my first two years because i was gonna be too old i was gonna be too old my senior year official senior year, to wrestle so i started wrestling actually in public schools my eighth grade year okay and i went on to my first two years and then i got second in our district one year and then i got then i didn't i went one and two at sectionals that was the years whenever you had district sectionals in state okay and so i qualified for sectionals twice my last year of eligibility, I got ringworm the week between districts and sectionals, and it was the first time I ever got it. Oh. I never got like I go to my coach like, what is this on my skin? Shit like, itches. Like it, like I don't know what what is this? I never seen it. You know, like oh my god, it's ringworm. He goes, yeah, I just get you know a lama cell and yeah, it's and I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't, know, and then I I come up to, uh, we had our districts we had our sectionals at Whitfield High School and I, I remember coming to the weigh-ins and you have to go to the doctor first to get the the skin checked and I had another teammate of mine wrestling and he and I'll tell you what he said a little bit, little bit in a little bit but it, so the guy looks at my nails and he's and I he's looking at my skin and I knew I wasn't going to wrestle yeah and I didn't know about taping it or like doing all these things yeah and, and I'm going to tell you it's one of the saddest moments of my life and I'm going to tell you, because this also is another thing that kind of pushes me a little bit. It's not, not the doctor's fault. It's not nobody's fault, but it's one of those things that, one of those little things that just pushes me is he goes, no, you won't be wrestling today. And I was going to be seated second. I knew I was going to qualify for state. Yeah. It was yeah. one of those things that I knew. And and, and there was people that came to, from the school that would come and watch me. And it's because you had ringworm. And it's because I had ringworm. I couldn't wrestle. Oh fuck, dude! That's heartbreaking. And and my my friend, he got my teammates. I yeah, I almost cried. For, I cried for you almost. Like I was, you know, that was sad because I he he knew. Yeah, yeah, and like you didn't. Yeah, because a lot of kids would have tried to do something to cover that up or yeah, I didn't hide know. Or do I it. didn't know anything about it. So I mean, yeah, we had a kid go to state last year for the school for the blind. Nice, mm. nice. But you know, it's one of those things that pushes me not going to state. Yeah. Uh, not winning a match at for for uh, LU. Yeah. You know, but it's just those those little things. But that's pushed you into a pretty successful jujitsu and judo career. Yeah. I mean, how many how many judo national champions championships? Four or five. I I don't keep track of all my wins, man. I don't. You know, I always want to. I want to win the next one. Yeah. Well, well, after I win one, why not win the next one? Somebody's got to win it. Yeah, dude. You know, always chasing that dragon. You know, here's here's my issue as as a very competitive person. Um, you know, you're an athlete and high level competitor. It's like you when you do everything you're supposed to do, you expect to win. Mm -hmm. So when you expect to win and then you do win, it's, it's you don't get that same high. It's just like all right, on to the next one. But then when you lose, dude. Yep. <laughs> Oh, dude, I'll think about it for months. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> oh, I'll obsess yep. over it. Yep. It's going to take you to the next one, but then you get the next one, and it's just like, ah, that, that, that's, an, that's an, cool. That's actually another thing I learned. Look, you kind of have to compete. See, I, I'll, I compete in judo and jiu-jitsu, but 
a lot of it is for me is it is competition. I always tell my teammates, so you have how the, how the hell are you going to get better at something if you don't do it? Right. So if you're going to learn how to compete, if you're going to compete, then compete. Yeah, it costs money. Like I, I've, I mainly buy the, you know, pay for my stuff. I have the, I'll just give them their names. The, if if people can donate to these groups, it'd be really really cool because they help. They've helped me a lot, but they also help other blind people out. And the Missouri Association of Blind Athletes, they actually have their trivia night, which is their biggest night on on April fourth. Okay. It'd be cool if I can get like a table of people from jiu-jitsu and judo. Really, really cool. April 4th, which is a Saturday. Yeah. It's actually down here. It's an Epiphany, Our Lord's Church. Okay. What are they doing? They're doing a trivia night. It's trivia fun. night. It's fun. It's like from 7 till 9-ish, 9, cool. 9.30. It's, it's different questions from different genres. You know, you have your sports one, you have your music. Yeah. It's actually a lot of fun. Do people just put teams together? People put teams together. It's, it's I think it's eight to a table. How much and is it's it? It's twenty bucks. Twenty bucks for the table or twenty bucks each? Twenty bucks each. That's not bad for a night out with friends. No, it, it's actually a really good time. I yeah. enjoyed it a lot, and, and goes to a good cause. I can uh, maybe give you a a link or something like that, a flyer if you want to post it somewhere. Yeah, dude, send me a link. I'll put it in the show notes. That that'd be really cool if people can come up and do that. Uh, so Missouri, you know, you can always find them probably online. Missouri Association of Blind Athletes. Yeah. And then also, I've have uh, the first Capital Lions Club. They help me a lot. They they're actually right next to uh, Linwood. Actually, was part of their club when I was a student for a little bit. But those two have helped me a lot. USA Judo has helped me a lot. You know, so there and there's people that I have. But a lot of it does come from me having to pay for it. I mean, thousands of dollars. I spent thousands of dollars on flights, man. Oh, that, dude, it adds up. Flights, it, hotels, food, and, yeah. You know, any 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 person that can help me out with any of that would be great i'm i know i'm selling myself right now but, uh, bro, but if, you, for, for real like you I, I would sponsors love, dude i would like if there's anyone that would sponsor me I, i'm down just give <laughs> me a holler dude, well i mean you're i mean you've obviously i would love some sponsors and i would love to yeah sponsor i'm using actually a company for nutrition right now it'd be kind of cool to, to get a sponsor from them uh pure plates you yeah. ever heard of them uh no i have not they're a company that delivers food Oh, dope. Too, man. They're, and they're really good. Pure plates, really, really good um, food. Cool. Yeah, I hear it, too. It just, just is what it is. It is what it is. It just is what it is today, my man. Um, Could be worse. Yeah, it's like coming and going. It's like a little bit there, and it's not there. My, my other goal, like what pushes me, is I, I want to make that Olympic team, that Paralympic team. And yeah. It would be, it would be a... It'd be a thank you note to the United States. That's a, that's another way I look at it. I just kind of thought about it. Like, it'd be a thank you note to those people who helped me, those people who trained me, even with wrestling, judo, and jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It'd be kind of making it with them, ma- making it for them, not just me. Yeah, well, that's the next step, right? I mean, you've already won it on the national scene. Now it's kind of go yeah. try to go to the world stage and that's right. do it there. Yeah, I just got a medal a couple weeks ago. I got a bronze at, at the Pan Ams, so I scored some points. But, you know... You like judo better than jiu-jitsu? Uh, I know you. I knew you're gonna ask me that question. Yep. I knew you're gonna. It, it, it depends on you know. Who, uh, I talked to you about this. I asked him a question. Which one do you like more, gi or no gi? I asked uh, when Clark Gracie came in a couple months ago. Yeah, you went to, to that. I went to that and I asked him that question. He goes, well, it depends on what what I'm doing, what I'm training. Yeah. It really depends on that. That, that that's and I can't pick. You don't know which one you enjoy uh, more. Uh, here here's I'll give you this answer. Wrestling was my first love. Yeah, ditto. So so 
it, you know, I they they can all three of them can be tough at the same level, you know. But I I like. Well, which one brings you the most enjoyment? They all do. Oh, I mean, equal, honestly, equal I mean, enjoy, yes, yeah, enjoy, I like it, whatever I want to do. I just like being on the mat. Yeah, I I can dig that for sure. I don't. I've been getting a little bit more maybe because I want to throw people. I want to throw. Want to get better at, at certain things with standing because my standing was always my weakness. It's, I feel like it's still my weakness. So I would say maybe judo right now. I want to get better more than jujitsu because jujitsu I feel like I can. It's a little bit easier on the body. Yeah. And I can do that when I'm older, a little bit more older. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people from judo do that. Man, judo is just, I, I don't like getting thrown. Fuck that. It, it's, it's so hard on the body. If you, I'm going to tell you something. If you're training with the right people, you, you, you're you not. I mean. Yeah. For for real. Like if. You just get better at it. You, you do. Yeah. I mean, well, it's like jujitsu, right? I mean, you, you train with higher level belts and your mm -hmm. chances of getting hurt go way down. Like there's couple guys that they live in this area one of them is actually in college right now up in michigan but whenever he's in town i mean his house is really close to here but i have a friend also that goes to slu and he lives in this area so us three will go up to practice we're about the same weight they're in their 20s early 20s like 20 19 years old so you know, actually no they're 20 and 21 so Young i'm bucks. 35 so me going against them is great like last <laughs> couple like Maybe a week, actually a week before my tournament, we went in there. My judo club's up in, it's called White Dragon Judo Club. It's up in Overland. Yeah. People should check it out. <laughs> White Dragon Judo Club. White Dragon. And um, I uh, we just go up there for an hour. We just spar for an hour. Just two minute goes, and one person, like, we killed each other. Like, I remember being sore for, like, two days. Oh, God. It, 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 and we just went after each other. And, like, yeah. we might have went a little too hard. Maybe. E e e even, like, be a week before. But it was I was comfortable going hard against them because they knew how to take care of me. Yeah. Because they were higher ranks. What are the belts in judo? Explain those to me. There's white, yellow. And it's different, I think, in different countries. Like, in Japan. Well, how is it here? Here it's uh, white, yellow, orange, green, and you have three degrees of brown, and then you have it goes backwards from seventh to first, and that's to brown belt, and then you go first degree black to tenth. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So there's not a ton of belts in that one. No, no. There's a little bit less in jujitsu. Yeah, oh, a little bit. Yeah, what like two or three belts less? Two, yeah, two belts. Yeah, yeah. Now. Explain, because we were talking about this a little bit, uh, kind of off air. Ex explain to me the um, like the setup of of uh, of judo and and like the the different classes for the the, the para. Oh, okay. So in judo and in wrestling, you have to stay the whole contact the whole time. IBJJF does not have that rule anymore. They don't make you guys stay in contact. They they give the my opponent the choice. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, how crazy is that? And that's that that up. was used in KC a couple months ago. What? Does that mean somebody could just disengage with you and just like shoot on you? Yeah, and you can't see. And that's and, so fucked and it, up. And it happened, but but you know what? I came to the club and people are saying like, oh, they did this, they did, but no, they 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 cheated. He cheated. And he was a former teammate. I, I don't I don't I can't blame him from doing what he did because he went after and he he had a plan. And he he won his match. No no, uh, I mean, definitely props to him. All's fair, huh? And, and, and I would have probably done the same thing. I'm a competitor, so I probably probably would. You like to win. Yeah, I like to win, so it doesn't really matter to me. And people thought people can think what they want, but my, my thinking is, hey, I'm I I messed up on the sprawl. 
Yeah. I gave my back. I, you know, there's a lot of stuff I did wrong that I could have done better too. So well, you he, you he clearly his take match. ownership, right? And so it's my, I'm the one that lost the match. Yeah. But in judo specifically, how, how does that? You, you start structure? with the grip. You start with the lapel grip and a sleeve grip. And you're supposed to stay in contact the whole time. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it, with wrestling, you touch uh, fingertips. Right. Now, but you're saying that there are. Oh, there are vision classes. Vision so there's classes, right? Vision classes. And this is with all sports for the blind. They, they separate, separate them in the, this way for the most part. And they can be, you know, so like the first sec, first group would be like, they call them in judo, B1, 2, and 3. So B1 would be like no light perception. So totally blind to some light perception. Where, like, if you flash the light they in can, their eye, they can, they can see, see a little bit of that light. Yeah. Now, B2 would be from that light perception to maybe, like, 2600 or 2500, something like that. And what does that mean vision-wise? That, that, means means like uh, that, that means I'm trying to I'm, – I'm not – hopefully I say this the right way. That's fine. What you see – wait, what you see, from, uh, like, 600 feet away, I have to get 20 feet closer. I have to be 20 feet away from it. 20 feet away from it to see it. Yeah. So, like, if I'm looking at those lights, you can see those from six, 600 feet, but I need to be 20 feet away from so I can see I it. I mean, 600 feet's a long, that's a, that's a good distance. That I think that's how, maybe I even got, hope, I don't think I got it backwards, but I think that sounds. Okay, okay. I'm so, not a doctor. <laughs> so, uh, so, but tell me, what do you see? Do you see, like, s I, silhouettes? I see shapes, colors. Shapes, colors. Do you see detail? I see detail. I, I can watch TV. I can read print. I can read Braille and print. Okay. How large does the print need to be? Because I remember hearing that when we were in school that you, you can see, like you told me, like with your glasses, like you can see things with your glasses. I can read like some of the print that will be like on a newspaper, like if I, I have to smell the paper too. Oh, really? <laughs> so, what does that do? I mean, I have to I have to put a, the Braille paper pretty much. I have to put the paper by my nose. Oh, like right there just, just to so, see it? And yeah, just so because that's what I call it. I have to smell the paper. Smell the paper. And then you can see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's dope. So, I mean, I have to bring it that close. Yeah. Well, that's cool, though. I mean, you at least you're not living in a complete world of darkness. No, if I was, I mean, I've had training to do that also. Yeah. I'm, it, not, I'm not afraid to go totally blind, but I'm not afraid to also have all my vision. You know, the way I look at it, I was born totally blind, and I had eye surgeries that, that regained regain some of my vision. Yeah. And the way I look at it, you know, we were, God gave us a, car, a, de a deck of cards. We're just playing my cards the best way I can. You yeah. Know? You know, we're all, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, dude, there's definitely. the card, best card you got. Dude, there's something to be learned from that for sure, right? I mean, you can't. We, we don't have a choice over our circumstances, but you you don't ever, from what I've gathered just from us talking right now, like you never seem to uh, take the victim route, right? You you seem to take ownership but, always. Yeah, I mean, there's times where I don't. I mean, it's human nature. We're all don't. We well, we all feel ourselves. sorry for ourselves sometimes, right? But oh, yeah, that, that can't be your default mode of operation. No, it, it, it Some people it is. No, I, I don't want it to be because you it, it's, I feel like it's a mature thing to do. It's a way, way of looking at it. I'm, I'm maturing. By learning. Yeah. Was there a moment in your life you're like, well, shit, man, like I have to operate and and navigate this world on my own, like L Linenwood. I mean, think about. It. I learned a lot, not just in class. I learned it at Linenwood. I mean, I was thrown. I was like a, I was a goldfish in in the uh, Pacific. That's pretty what what it was, <laughs> because at my school, like there was only hundred kids. When I graduated, I graduated with fifteen kids. I was number one. 
Oh, you were number one in your class? Like, yeah. You're the shit, yep. Adnan. So I was number one. But a lot of it, at the most, it was 120, 130 kids at one time from our at our school. Yeah. But then me coming from that small, and we were wrestling like the small schools. Yeah. So think about it, me coming from wrestling the small schools to BAM to Lindenwood. Yeah. It's a huge jump. It's a huge jump. So, so but like I got my ass kicked every single day. I probably only got maybe five takedowns. Yeah. And do I feel about it, bad about it? Yeah, but what, what am I going to do about it? I'm not going to sit here and bitch about it. Right. You who know, would listen? I, and I, what's up? As in who would listen if you did? Yeah, exactly. Nobody's got time for that. Nobody's <laughs> got time for that. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, a, a lot of it is just it, like you are talking about that earlier, that the mental aspect of it. Yeah. You know, and... and I was grateful for all the guys that they, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, a lot of the guys gave me a hard time. They would come up and tap me on the shoulder. I mean, I would always turn towards that. They would pick on me a little bit. Yeah. There there was guys that, that picked on me. But uh, but I'll tell you one thing. Every time I would go out somewhere, like maybe on like Main Street or something, they would I would make sure that I knew the wrestlers were there because they would protect me. Yeah. You no know, one else would mess with me on campus. Right. And I felt very protected. And even... Even when I would go to the weight room and like the football players, basketball players, they would always be cool, you know. Yeah. And that that that's, and I appreciate that. That I thought that was really cool. Everybody was great, uh, great to me at Linwood. Yeah. Even yeah. Even from the professors and and the teammates, and other friends and you know, just any staff members, they're great. Yeah. Have you been back to the campus recently? Not the most recent. I would love to Dude. go and watch some wrestling I dude would love, it's just fucking i've seen a little bit yeah it's exploded man mm -hmm. i mean it's just such when we were there man like you remember there was uh they were they were still building that Those performance dorms, art yeah. center and they're you know and, and they they started building new dorms and you remember across the street there's a whole neighborhood and like they've completely wiped out mm -hmm. that whole neighborhood and built like a shopping center and it's just, wow. it's they've really developed it, dude. Like, cause, I'm not surprised. Because all that housing where all the wrestlers used to live, mm -hmm. you know, that all that house over there, like, yeah. that all got torn down. Wow. It's no longer there. There's, like, a schnooks, and there's there's a wow. bank. There's a whole bunch of shit there, dude. Wow. They've just built and built and built. They were kind of doing a lot of that even when we were going to school. You oh, know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. They're buying land. Like, well, what is Linwood buying now? <laughs> dude, they own damn near all of St. Charles. I know. <laughs> It's crazy, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, I remember you out there, like you're going on all the runs with everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you always had somebody to fucking. I was great. I had, you know, pe people helped me a lot. I yeah, mean, to and, run and, with. Mm-hmm. And the, the dating bait. That's one thing that one one thing that I was not. I was definitely that the thinking back. It was cool that no one babied me. No, no one. Oh, poor blind guy. Which. In certain ways, you don't know what to expect when you come to that area because sometimes that does happen. Yeah. Something, and, and that was another cool thing that I learned. You know that oh, they're not life's not gonna people are not gonna be that nice to you. And and I'm not saying that in a mean way, but toughen up, Buttercup. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know? sh shit, dude. You gotta figure it out. Yeah, I mean, there's usually probably somebody out there who has a little bit harder than yourself. Mm-hmm. Always There's always someone that's in the worst situation that you're in. Yeah, I always try to keep that in mind. I always try to keep that in mind. <laughs> so, dude, when you're training for these tournaments, man, like, what's your training schedule looking like? Um, anytime I can get it, I try to work out in the morning with. I'm working out with the USOC, US Olympic Committee, like strength conditioning coaches and. Okay. And so you're doing strength training. I do strength. I mean, I try to get on the mat when I, if I'm training full time, I want to be on the mat four to six days a week. Okay. 
I, or even sometimes I go almost two weeks in a row. It all depends on how my body feels, man. For like, if I'm feeling good, I'll train two or three times per day. Yeah, you just you just see how you feel. Yeah, and then I try to get in maybe th- three lifts, and I separate lower body, upper body. Sometimes I mix it up, you know. Uh huh. And I try to get three or four like three or four cardio days and two. Okay. So it it really depends on how my body feels, and I don't lift I don't as much as I used to. Yeah. I don't lift as heavy. Right. But but I I'm gonna start to because I want one of my goals is to get a little stronger and get bigger. A little stronger, a little bigger. Yeah, because I feel like I made my weight really really easy. Yeah. When I was in Montreal, and I felt even when I was competing, I felt like I can be a little bigger. It wasn't necessarily bigger, but just. I guess bigger in that, just more muscle. Just, just had a little bit more mass. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Now, you were just in Montreal, right? Like yeah. Like last week? Mm-hmm. How'd that go? I got a bronze. I went one and two. I lo- you know, it was it, it was one of my, um, I guess, better tournaments in that. I felt fine. I lost to two guys that were, I mean, I lost to a guy who was a Paralympic, two-time Paralympic champion. Oh, so he's no chump. Yeah, so, I mean, I lost to two guys, and I lost a guy from Cuba who got me on a really nice inside trip. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you you get thrown, you get thrown. There's so it's hard to get out of a throw sometimes. Yeah, it's just kind of part of part yeah, it's of part it. Part of it got me good timing. Like, hey, I I'm pretty straightforward with my coaches, and we have great coaches. That's another, another so a couple other people that have been very influential. Is my coach judo coaches like here in St. Louis? Yeah, I have multiple guys, but also my Paralympic coach. Scott Moore, he and his wife uh, Heidi, they've been great. Like man, they my first ever tournament, they had me come out in Denver. They live in Denver, and I stayed with them for a couple of weeks to train. They they at least let me stay in their house. Oh nice. They when I was going to a center for the blind up in Denver, I told them I'm going to come back and train, and I went up there to that center just to train judo and just to train with them. He was yeah. a great influential person there because they're both badasses. It's they're good both. to have people like that. And he was an Olympic champion in Sydney. He was a three-time Olymp- Paralympic uh, medalist. Oh, shit. That's legit. So that's good training. He, he's, he's a legit coach. Little, just good, legit people. Yeah. That's le- I love Colorado, mm. man. Colorado's, one of my, Colorado's my favorite state. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I love that place. My fa- my absolute favorite city is, uh, I'd probably say if I if I had to pick a state, probably Colorado's up there for sure. It's just Co- so beautiful. I love I love California. But I absolutely, my my favorite city in this whole place of uh, of America is Austin, Texas. I absolutely love that city, dude. Okay, I remember you talking about it in one of your podcasts. Yeah. You went down to a tournament. Yeah, dude, uh, on it. I went to nationals. Uh, one year it was down in Austin. It was cool. I like that place. It's 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 cool. It's cool. Um, what's your diet like, dude? I mean, we talked about you being a little bit of a foodie. Uh, uh, but like, how do you? What, I mean, you know. I I get these meals that are prepped. I mean, I get anything for breakfast. It's kind of cool because I can call them and just say, "Can I can I get more breakfast? Can I get more snacks?" And yeah. Then I eat at school. We have a pretty healthy lunch, and I can choose from salads or whatever the kids are having. Yeah. Uh, and I keep it. I mean, the way with nutrition, I feel like. I eat whatever I want, whenever I want. It's just you keep keep it healthy. I think all of us know what's healthy. We just choose not to eat it. Most people know what to do for sure, right? Well, I mean, I mean, anybody that's listening to this podcast, I'm sure yeah. 99% of them are going to know what's healthy. But more but, fruits, more vegetables, yeah. you know. And I try, real and I meat. get more, and I get more disciplined with it when I get closer to my tournament. It just depends on what weight I want to be, you know, yeah. how much I want to weigh. So then. I've been getting better at my nutrition since I've gotten older. Just eating healthier because you, you know. Yeah. If you eat like shit, you're gonna feel like shit. You got any like any like weaknesses? 
Nutella. It feels like the Nutella is one of those things I get, I get I get when I'm having to cut weight. Yeah. I don't know why, but I, I like sweets. Dude, there's a period that I used to kill Nutella, man. Like, I couldn't keep a jar around for the life of me. Uh, Probably just any, like, ch- chocolate stuff. I don't eat a lot of, like, ch- chips too much or, okay. like, uh, sugary stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like nerds and things like that. I don't eat too much candy, but I yeah. always eat pretty healthy snacks. Like I have almonds and stuff like like different nuts and stuff like that in there. I have, you know, just try to snack on healthier stuff. Yeah. But a lot of like the healthier stuff is just not calories. Like I talked to the sports nutritionist. I was telling her like I get these meals and she goes, great. You have a great diet. But I, I told her like my weight is down. Like I, I need to increase my weight. So she just told me a couple of things. I just had more protein. More protein. More carb, and carbs, you know. Yeah, you could definitely get some probably some more carbs in there, some healthier fats or mm-hmm. just different things to kind of pack in more rice? calories. Rice is good. You add more rice and just some more things like that. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely nothing wrong with carbs, especially with how active you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're such a high level athlete that you, when you're being active, that you I mean you definitely are gonna be burning it off. I I don't set a lot of limitations on myself because I used to do that when I was cutting weight, when in yeah. like, I don't want to do that yeah. anymore. Yeah. I don't want to cut weight anymore. Dude, never. Never will I cut weight for like a jiu-jitsu tournament or anything like that. Never. And, and sometimes I don't mind it just because it, it, I'm so used to doing it. Yeah. But I've gotten better to where I don't really want to do it all that much. Yeah. Do you Not co- all that much. So you, I know you mentioned, I mean, you, you get the, the meals uh, delivered to you. Do you cook at all? I cook once in a while, yeah. Okay. It's not your jam? No, not really. <laughs> I would have someone cook for me. Yeah, it saves time, dude. It's That's convenient. Right. You can kind of focus on some other things. You're right. You're right. Yeah. But I, I do need to start cooking more because in some ways it is cheaper. It is cheaper. It is. Che- it takes more time. Some people like yeah. it. I enjoy cooking. It's kind of therapeutic. I like cooking with other people, so yeah, I don't have anywhere to cook with me. Uh, always got to get someone in here for you. That's right. <laughs> we got to get you on Tinder. That's right. <laughs> I tried it. Nah. Ah, dude, I hate, I hate that shit, dude. The dating scene sucks, dude. Yeah, it really does. I'm glad I'm not on it anymore. But um, I'm on it, but not on Tinder, dude. Yeah, you on Bumble? <laughs> Is that what you're doing? No, I, I tried, but th- that one's not all accessible. Like my phone, certain apps are just not accessible. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. And, and the Bumble actually wasn't. Maybe I'm. I don't know. I don't know. Shit, dude. Maybe I'll use this podcast. Maybe some girl will hear it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll get you hooked up off of this. Who knows? That'd be funny. <laughs> Whoever's listening, this is. <laughs> it's out commercial out right there. <laughs> oh, that's funny, bro. That's good shit, man. So, dude, whenever, um, whenever you're, you know, you're getting ready for tournaments or anything like that, do you like to listen to like anything like super motivational that kind of like get you going? Like, no. For me, there's times where I, I, I pick a song, dude, and uh, this is going to be the fucking theme song of my camp, and it's going to be my walkout song. And, like, this is what I'm going to listen to. You, you don't. I'm gonna, I keep it. The less I think, the better I do. So, uh, okay. For real, like, I don't even want to talk or think about judo or any sport that I'm doing whenever. Um, yeah, you try not to overcomplicate it. Yeah, like, last thing I want to think that whenever I think about it is whenever I'm on deck. Yeah. Like, I don't want to think about it. Like, I want to think about winning. Yeah. Like, that's honestly what I think about. Just winning? Just winning. I love it. Yeah. Be- because what else, well, why else think about other stuff? I mean, what else do you got to think about? Like, why do I need to think about what Eminem's singing about? 
<laughs> or DMX is singing about. Some of those things get you junk. No, 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 they, they, they do. It's the mood. It's the feeling. It just gets you ready. Get you in it, the it zone. It does. It does. Sometimes it does. It does. I've I've used music a little bit more, but I don't do it like at competitions. Like yeah, I kind of get into my own head and like okay. think, and I picture myself. Like you, people don't. People probably think it's funny, but I I picture you know I use visual, visual visualization a lot. Okay. Yeah. And when I listen to music just by myself, I visualize myself. What what can I do in that match? What can, how can I? Yeah. How can I win that? Yeah, that's a powerful tool, man. I mean, visualization goes a long, long way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, there's there's it's been proven. You know, I I can't remember what it was, but there was a a guy who was a he was a prisoner of war and he was uh he was captured for a number of years, and to kind of keep his mind occupied he would play uh the same 18 holes of golf on his favorite course back home mm-hmm. and he was uh it was a number of years and uh finally whatever he did you know did get released and get you know got home and you know and he was safe and all that good shit he went and played a round of golf and he had shot i think better than he ever played before and it was all off of visualization like that's he, cool yeah and there's i'm there's, not really surprised there's a lot of cases like that Repetition, repetition. I mean, that's yeah. Just in your mind, in your mind, you can still Mm -hmm. make some stuff happen. You're right. You're right. Yeah, dude. The mind is powerful. The mind is powerful. It is. Oh shit. Well, dude, Adnan, dude, it's been it's been an hour, my man. For real, dude. I'm not looking at the watch. It fucking it flew by. (laughs) What time is it? Yeah, dude. It's five thirty. It already flew by. Yeah. Oh my god. I know, dude. I know. It's been a good time, man. Um, There's more mean stuff I gotta say about people. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) All the dirty logic's coming out right right, now. That's right. Right now, dude. Hey, man. I appreciate you taking this time, dude. I appreciate Uh, you having me. Yeah, this is a great time. Hopefully, people learn some of people got something out of it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we did. Um, yeah. Tell the folks, um, you know, if there's anything you want, anything else you want to plug or I check mean, you out. Or de- definitely. I mean, I'm on Facebook. Um, um, but I'm also, like I said, if you guys can help out the Missouri Association of Blind Athletes, Missouri Association of Blind Athletes, and th- I think they have a Facebook on there. But I'm sure you can find uh, the number. The guy that is in charge of his name is Tom Carlton, and then the First Capital Lions Club. I don't know who's in really in charge of that one, unfortunately. But <laughs> but first li- first Capital Lions Club, they're on. Uh, I don't know if they're still on First Capital. I know they changed their building, but it's definitely them. Th- those two organizations, you know, have helped me a lot. You know, and of course, go, go to North Broadway Jiu Jitsu and Y Dragon Judo Club. Oh, right. Th- th- those are two main places I train at. You know, I train at Kirkwood Judo Club. They're great people too. So the way I look at it, I don't like. You know, it, where, wherever you're training, just keep training. You know, there's always a club or somewhere to train at and have a good time. Yeah. It's all about it's all about the community. It is. Right on. Adnan, thanks again, brother. Hey, thank you. All right, everybody. Until next time. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Again, if you are getting value out of the podcast, do me a solid. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Tell a friend. Do all of that good stuff. Uh, big thank you goes out to St. Louis Deck and Fence. Go to stldeckandfence.com and check them out. If you are local to St. Louis and you are in the market for a new deck or fence, these are your guys. They will take care of you. They are producing all beautifully crafted decks and fences. Check them out, stldeckandfence.com. Also, always, as always, Huge, huge, huge uh, thank you to Convergence Media Group. Absolutely love those guys. Uh, We've been partnering with them for some time now, and 
man, they are just the shit, dude. If if you would like to partner with them, they uh, partner with companies across all industries. They are St. Louis based, but they work they work nationally. They work internationally. They're all over the place, and they will help you build your brand and help you tell your story in this digital climate they'll help you with content creation and they can help you with strategy development and they will help you grow your business so go check them out convergencemg.com or check them out on all social platforms at convergencemg and then as always hey listen check out imposed will we have a full line of apparel over there you can save 10 percent when you use the code outside just check out imposedwill.com Come and go impose your will on life. Listen, all you got to do is just say, I will. It all starts with the mind. You can do it. If somebody else is doing it, somebody else has done it, you can do it as well. But you have to believe in yourself and impose your fucking will. Imposewill.com. All right, guys, that's it. I love you. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Mwah.